He taught me, keep your friends close, but your enemies closer. To infinity and beyond! No crying? There's no crying in baseball! Welcome back to Know Your Cinema Podcast. This is episode 42, and it's the beginning of a very special series of episodes where we watch all the live-action Batman movies. And this week, we started off with the 1966 Batman. And as always with me is my co-host, the one and only Vivin Matthew. Hey, guys. And the lovable Jason Quinn. Oh, thank you. Lovable. I was gonna say so squishy sweet. and 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 squishy and lovable, but then you know he might have taken offense to that. I mean, you said it anyway, so. <laughs> I know. Well, see, I didn't. I didn't mean it when I said it. I was just saying that, that was a you know a theory. But no, gentlemen, good. how are we doing this week? My feelings aren't even bad. I'm doing well. Uh, I've been battling with uh, horned worms in my garden, but I think I've all but won that. That is the that I'm is almost the, that is the uh, you know antithesis of now you're getting old when you start saying you're battling uh, worms in your garden or your yard. <clears throat> well, I mean these little fuckers are they're a serious nuisance to my peppers and tomato plant. <laughs> so, oh my god. Vivin, Vivin, how are you doing this week, sir? I'm tired. <laughs> just a lot of a lot of work. No, not not in the garden. Just just working. So, this is nice. Um, I do have to say, watching. I know we haven't started the actual review yet, but I, I can say this part: watching the 1966 Batman. We've watched a lot of comedies on this uh, podcast, but this one, there was one moment in this movie or one sequence. Oh, it just had me on the on the floor, just rolling. It was so good. I was just laughing so hard, and I really appreciate it. It was the thing I needed for the week. It was good. Okay. Very good. Very good. Well, before we dive into this review this week, I just want to let everybody know that we do have a back catalog of movies that we've reviewed um we have actually 41 episodes going from zero to 41 probably around 60 movies right now and did anybody get a good figure on that this week did not did not and it's a wide range of cinema i think that we've this is the oldest movie that we reviewed now officially so um but it goes everywhere from of course this episode being batman up to uh, movies like Harry Potter, which we reviewed in the last episode. So uh, give those a listen to. If this is your first time uh, checking us out here on whatever listening platform that you're uh, checking us out on right now. And then also, while, after that, go over to our uh, 
social media platforms, we have a Facebook page, Know Your Cinema Podcast. And then we are on TikTok, Instagram, and uh, Twitter at KYC Podcast. Gentlemen, it's time. Are we ready? So ready. Very good. All right. Well, I will give the floor to one Jason Quinn. Jason, I know you've watched the 66 Batman before. Give us your thoughts on watching it this time. This is actually the first time I've ever seen the movie. I've I've seen the show several several episodes of the show. I used to watch it a lot uh, when it was on uh, on me TV that we used to get here, and I always loved it because it's super funny and. I I struggle to to determine how much of it is like I don't know how much of it is intentionally funny and how much of it is just it's just funny because it's so ridiculous. So I don't know where the I don't know how much of it is on purpose, but it is so funny like consistently all the time. Like I watched it with my kids, and this is the first time they had ever seen any '66 Batman. Uh, my oldest daughter kept being like, well, why's the Joker got a mustache? Like she kept, she couldn't get over a Cesar Romero at all. Like she couldn't handle it. <laughs> she's like, that's not the Joker. I'm like, no, that is the Joker. She's like, no, he's got a mustache. And I'm like, well, this is the Joker when he had a mustache. <laughs> that's just couldn't handle it. Uh, yeah, Caesar Romero didn't that. want to play ball. Caesar Romero didn't want to uh, shave that mustache off for the the movie or any subsequent uh, episodes of the show. So they just put makeup on his face. Well, to I mean that kind of illustrates just the uh, what level of commitment was going into the series. It clearly was just down on a lark, and they. I think the the actors, the people behind the camera, everybody knew what they are signing up for. It's not like it was an unintentional uh, result. I think they knew this is what they are making. So maybe that's part of the charm of it. And the fact that it's still a classic maybe has more to do with the fact that the character itself is in some sense so different from how they portrayed here. And maybe... There is all these different versions of Batman that can coexist at the same time. Yeah, I I tried to I really went into this and thought like if I was a kid in 1966, like this would be an awesome show. I mean, it was a different time and era, and my uncle uh, was you know a kid around this time, so I'm he was into watching this you know show. I've had these conversations with him before, so I started thinking about it, watching. I'm like, man, this is like what does this remind me of? I'm like, this reminds me of, like, the first season of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Like, it's just so over-the-top and ridiculous and kind of goofy and shot really weird. And I'm like, this is what that reminds me of. Like, this is the 1960s version of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. I know it's a weird, like, you know, thing that I'm bringing in there, but that's that's what I thought of. Yeah, you know, I don't think you're far off the mark on that, honestly. I don't think Arya. I think Arya agrees. So I really don't think you're far off on saying that it's like the Power Rangers at all, because ironically, when I used to when I used to get 
watch the the old Batman show. I would watch this show, uh, the TV show version, not the movie, the TV show of 66 Batman, and I would watch original and I would watch fucking Power Rangers all together same day, consistent. Those are the three shows that I watched together. And I think they do have a lot in common because they're all three shot in like a kind of a sillier manner. Uh, the action all of them is not good. <clears throat> it's not good, and it's not the because the people aren't good actors. It's just like it's, it's just trying, like almost it's intentionally ridiculous. You know what I mean? I think it's trying to be very com- very comic book like, like comic book evolved <laughs> right. from that time, that time and era where there was a lot of those, you know, boom zap, you know those 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 things on the on the on the comic book so i think that that's it's going for that what they were writing and what they were trying to portray was like what they saw in the comic book which is what dc should try to do now but you know another story yes okay with another 66 batman movie Uh, make another one of those i would try to make i can see the similarities because you also said the the, like the first, the original Star Trek series too, right? Yes. So, like, if when I think about Power Rangers, because I did watch that, like, growing up, I, unlike the 66 Batman and the TV show, I feel like the Power Rangers, even though it is goofy from an adult perspective, as a seven or eight year old watching Power Rangers, I feel like they were taking it earnestly that you that you believed it. But as you get older, you get to you, you, I mean, you kind of see like how silly it is. But I don't think the actors or even the script is intentionally trying to also simultaneously say, "Look how goofy this is." Versus, I feel like Batman, it really is playing both at the same time. It's saying. This is completely ridiculous. We know it's ridiculous, and but we want you to be part of that joke. Like it, it literally starts out by having that disclaimer, and then for Star Trek, I think that had a lot to do with just having budgetary constraints. It was a sci-fi show on a TV network. I mean, that pretty much meant that you had no budget for your production. So I, I think it might have been a result of that. So. That's kind of how I see, but I can see how when we look at it from kind of our, you know, older perspective, it it all kind of is the same, right? Right. Uh, uh, that's what I was gonna. I was gonna make a point to saying like, put yourself in like 1960s and being in front of a TV and watching Batman. It would be like the Power Rangers to you when you were a kid. Right. Right. So it wouldn't look goofy in your mind, and as an adult now, you'd be like, "Oh, that was such a great show." Da, 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 da. Like I said, I've had conversations with my uncle who was probably ten or twelve years old when this show came out in the '60s about Batman, because we, me, and him kind of always, you know, uh, had the same common ground with like the Three Stooges and like older TV shows and and you know Hitchcock movies and stuff like that. So we would have these conversations. So I can kind of understand the mindset in that realm. And then I, I tried to put myself in the perspective of like, what was like a show like that? And that's why, that's how I came up with, you know, thinking about like all oh, the power Rangers looking at it now as an adult, I'm like, God, that was really like, 
just goofy <laughs> TV. Yeah. But I'm like, when I was a kid, man, that was like 4.30, getting off the bus, going home, mm-hmm. watching cartoons and Power Rangers. Well, you know why it's you know why it's so ridiculous and like yeah, because it's shot like in, the Power Rangers. Yeah, it's, it's like it's like um, it's like part Japanese filmed and part uh, yeah. uh, part filmed in America. Yeah, and it's spliced all together. Yeah, that, yeah. that's uh, that makes for some weird shit. <laughs> what do you mean? They literally do that with horror films. Go ahead, Viv. What was you saying? Are you saying that it was a Japanese production and then they basically redubbed with some American actors? Every the Power Rangers where their faces are not shown, where they're in the suits, that is filmed in Japan and it's a completely different show. And then we took that and then we made we we filmed live action, you know, random people to quote unquote play those. Or those characters and made a different show out of it. That's why Rita Repulsa's voice is always dubbed over. You ever noticed that? Wow. I had to go back. Uh, yeah, I, I think my six or seven or eight year old mind did not catch that. So I might have to go back and find this. So this was the season <clears throat> one, right? Yeah, we're talking about like it's always early. like that, but it's still like that. Oh, okay. That's oh. still how they make Power Rangers. That's an interesting methodology. I did not know that. That is so. It it's got me. It makes me want to go back and watch it so I can see see it and witness it. That's why you never see a power with like in the suit with their very like doing anything. Like and every now and then you'll see them with their helmets off, but they don't do anything except for talk. Gotcha. So all the martial arts. It's never in an action. Yeah, all the action sequences are from Japan. Wow, interesting. And that's why everybody. That's why all the villains are like kaiju villains. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. So, but back to Batman. So, Viv, did you, you've never seen this before, have you? Or have you have you seen it? I, I thought I had seen it, but I realized I had only seen parts of the movie and I had not actually seen the whole movie. I've only seen a couple of episodes of the show. Okay. So I, I kind of mixed all that in my memory. So I was like, wow, there's a lot of these I don't remember. So I was like, you know, I probably did not watch this movie before. So watching this movie this time or watching it completely all the way through, it's interesting how from the get go, uh, the producers like slap on this title saying, Hey, um, excuse the ridiculousness of the movie. We made this out of joy, and I hope you take it that way, right? Uh, I'm paraphrasing what it says there. And then within a few seconds, you have Batman and Robin on their Batcopter over the ocean, and you have the Bat Ladder coming down, and you have Batman coming down the ladder. And oh my god, there's a shark on the ladder, gives Jaws a run for its money, and then there's a bat shark repellent. It's like, I'm like, wow, it just really upped the stakes in the opposite direction as it possibly go. 
It took absolutely it just... no time jumping the shark. <laughs> and the great thing about this movie is that's just the start. It uh, clearly takes that as, as its cue of what its high watermark is and then just keeps going to see how much further they can get with the ridiculousness. Um, there are, if I, if I could level some criticisms of the movie, because it's kind of hard to, because the movie itself is not taking itself seriously, so it's kind of hard to uh, be super critical about it. And it is a fun movie to sit and watch. It, the kids enjoyed it. Arya, by midway through the movie, it's just saying, Batman, Batman, Batman. So I'm like, all right, all right. It's done its job. <laughs> the movie has done its job. How does that make you feel that she said Adam West Batman before Christian Bale Batman? <laughs> well, it's Batman. Score so one for Adam West. We'll, we'll, we'll take that as a win. <laughs> we will, we will. I'm taking that as a win. Um, I, I just, uh, just the, yeah, well, it is the right Batman to start off with. Uh, well, let's put it that way. <laughs> Ain't starting her with, uh, with Batman Begins with the Dark Knight. Uh, so you don't have to be a little bitch about it, man. <laughs> Just readers ask when it makes me feel he goes to bed. Oh, you, did did you know that he was briefly in Batman Begins? That character, like three seconds. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. Yeah, apparently he was. I mean, but I remember you mentioned it in the last podcast. And then I don't know how I found out. I was watching an excerpt from Begins and like, yeah, that's Zaz. I'm like, oh wait, that's what Jason was talking about. So yeah, he's in there. Yeah, even even he's too dark. He's so dark that they didn't even like like fucking didn't even have the balls to put him in the trilogy. Yeah, it's like no, 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 not messing with that. <laughs> he's like, yeah, I think the Joker's enough. <laughs> yeah. Um, so anyway, I mean, hell, they made Gary terrifying. Yeah. Ooh. Chicken. Um, so to, to back to the the real scary sixty six Batman. Yeah. Um, the plot itself, I feel like it could have been contained in a regular TV episode, and I think it was a probably a uh, an outline for an episode, and they really just stretched it out to the length of a movie, because you can tell at parts of the movie they really milking the scene to just go, hey, we need to, you know, meet the runtime of a movie, so we'll keep the scene going. <laughs> and it works because the rest of the movie is just as ridiculous, so they're like, why not? Um, I overall enjoyed the movie. Uh, is it my favorite Batman? Uh, yeah, not, not even close by a mile, but it is a Batman, and uh, <laughs> I'm <laughs> I'm glad we're starting here. Uh, this is one of those series, and probably maybe the only series you really get to see an evolution, both in character, but also in the taste of the the generations and the culture as it grows and changes. And I think that's what I'm kind of excited about is seeing how the Batmans kind of reflect uh, the <clears throat> how much it was created. Like the 66 Batman 
it's funny because it takes things from the uh, from the sixties of what was in in vogue at that time, but it's also kind of harkening back to some of the fifties kind of ultra conservative. The very like everything is nothing is really wrong. Batman is not actually a vigilante; he is a deputized, uh, um, you know, law enforcer. So he's not really. Uh, working outside the law, he is completely within the law, and it's it's all very cookie cutter. Everything's very nice. Nothing is, you know, it, it, that all of that, you know, I, I, it's it is funny watching the movie and seeing those things also within the within the story, which completely changes as you as the Batman character goes along. I feel like. I feel like you could almost kind of has that kind of an evolution. If the movie series of James Bond started with the Austin Powers movies, <clears throat> like if that was the first one, Batman feels like in comparison to a lot of the other, like compare 66 Batman to like the Dark Knight. It's like Austin Powers versus fucking Yeah, James and Bond. again, I think that because comic books evolved and stories got darker because they had to create something for an older generation that grew up with this Batman to kind of bring them back into, uh, you know, uh, the realm of Batman. You know, we jump from this to Burton's Batman, and it's it's just a complete 180 of what we're seeing here. And, it's you know, that Batman's not hokey. It's not... It's not over. It still has those lingering things of over the top in in there. The portrayal of Joker, of course, but I think that even when we go further, that the Nolan movies get darker too, because that the generation that grew up with the Burton Batman is, you know, is is my age now. So we we grew up watching that, and then having to see this new reimagining of these characters, and then bringing other characters into the fold that we were not introduced to in those Batmans because we had, you know, like we've talked about, you know, Batman forever, Batman, Robin, those are being like really bad, almost throwbacks to the, the, the 66 Batman where it's kind of hokey and over the top. And, you know, we're, you know, we're fans of the movie in a sense, but we're also like, being purists in, as far as Batman goes, and we're like, ah, oh, we really don't. We like those, but we don't kind of scenarios. And then we get the the Dark Knight series, and we're like, oh, this is this is an this is an adult version of Batman. This is what we we should have gotten with the the last two movies. So I really like seeing the evolution of Batman from '66 to Burton and and going forward when we do these reviews. Yeah. Um, yeah, I feel like it's like owned Batman, mature Batman, and then we go into like not sure of itself Batman, and then we get like Batman, and like that's the evolution of Batman we get, and then later on we get like muscular old Batman, whatever the fuck they were doing in Justice League. So another way of looking at it, and a YouTuber had pointed this out, and I think this is a kind of cool contrast to what Devlin was saying, which is 
1966 is a super silly version of Batman. Then you jump to the 89 Burton version, dark, gothic. And then you turn to uh, Returns, the sequel, it gets super dark and twisted. And I think it starts to pull the audience away a little bit. The studio sees that and then goes, oh, no, no, we need to start to reverse back. We need to bring up the camp back. So you get uh, Batman Forever and then goes full camp with uh, Batman and Robin. But although I don't think uh, George Clooney got the memo, that's going to be a full camp. And uh, I think this is where the 66 Batman shows Adam West's understanding of what he is, what type of Batman he's playing and clearly playing to that. And George Clooney not getting that memo that this is the kind of Batman movie he's in. So I don't know if that's the fault or the fault of the director. We don't know. Uh, and then... Well, let's just say this. The director is not or was not permanently banned from Comic-Con. Clooney was. Yeah, I think I think Clooney played a good Bruce Wayne. I just don't think he understood how to play the dark version of Batman. And even though the movie wasn't dark, but I understand your point, Viv, where... Burton was taking it in a direction that it it really needed to stay, but the parents were taking their kids to this movie, and they're like, you know, really turned off by it because it was so dark, and there that's probably why the studio went in the other directions because they got to sell merch, they got to sell tickets, and they got to sell, you know, you know cups and all that other stuff that goes along with these movies to, to, to kids so you're marketing to it an audience so that's why they reverted back to keeping it kind of dark but also keeping it really kind of kid friendly with these over the top lines as Jason loves to point out about Arnold Schwarzenegger's portrayal of Mr. Yeah. Freeze so it's actually, it's actually McDonald's that had most of the reason yeah. it was most of the reason yeah McDonald's had a big huge part in what what happened with Batman in the mid nineties? So, returns really what McDonald's was not happy. Their Happy Meal was not selling well when Returns came out. Apparently, um, so uh, so yeah, you you get Batman and Robin kills the franchise, nail in the coffin. So they really had to go a different direction, and then you get this realistic take on Batman. You get this darker take. And now we are in this funny place where post the what's now known as the Dark Knight trilogy, you go into Batman v Superman, where again, Batman is starting to get super dark. And it's almost like Justice League was trying to correct that. And that's where I feel like, again, things start to fall apart. And then we're going to get the version of Batman. What's I don't that? think they were trying to correct it. I don't think Justice League initially was trying to correct that. No, I think the studio that, was. The studio was. I think that's the studio as well. Yeah. yeah. I think they Snyder kept trying to prove that, that it was not anybody's fault but the studios. It, it's the studio, but the studio hired Josh Whedon, and Josh Whedon clearly wanted to make a wittier, funnier, lighter movie. And so he was trying to mash his aesthetic. And clearly you can tell the shots that were a Whedon shots and Whedon dialogue. And Batman seems so out of place. <laughs> so with, uh, yeah, with Justice League, it, it, it's, it's almost starting to revert back. And it's this vicious cycle that Batman is on. So that's another way of looking at the whole 
uh, mythology or how Batman keeps kind of going from super light and campy to super dark and then kind of keep going back and forth. So we'll see in the next couple of years. It'll be interesting um, how how I think it's important Batman to do that, though. What's that? I think it's important to keep all the versions of Batman alive. Like I think it's I'm because I think it was a shitty movie. It's important to keep Batman campy in some regard. So I would almost love to see thing for them to make campy Batman movie that could still technically fit into the DC's of how they're making. Well, wouldn't that just be the Lego Batman movie? Well, well, the Lego Bat the Lego Batman movie is a fucking absolute mess. Cinema, uh, it really work that like that. If Lego Batman then also made it into like Justice League two. Okay. Yeah, I yeah I hear you. And that you know what I mean. Like not really. part of me that at least wants like like a small weird cameo. Of just just a Lego background. You want right, huh? you want that Easter egg. Yeah. Clearly, there's room for a version of a Batman movie that's akin to the Spider Verse movie, because there is so many interpretations of Batman. It would uh, we just need somebody who has the the talent and the skill to kind of create a story that examines all the different Batman simultaneously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they can probably watch that. Um, Let's make it. Okay. <sighs> okay, 66 Batman. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> I think uh, it's... Uh... All right, guys. Fuck what we were talking about. Let's do favorite scenes. Okay. I'm on board. Uh, I'll, I'll go All first. Right, who's going first? I'm going okay. first. I'm, it's super easy. There's one scene that stands out to me, far and away the best scene, because it is the most ridiculous scene, and Jesus, it comes makes Batman so stupid, but so good. It's the bomb. It's the scene with him trying to get rid of the bomb. How did I know that was gonna pop? Oh that, my god, it was scene. so good, so good. I mean, that was like I would put put that up there with the best of young Frankenstein. I would put it it is such good physical comedy. I don't know how much of that was intentional, but boy it was pure gold. It just wouldn't stop. Every time I thought they were going to end that scene, he kept going. It just kept going. It again it reminded me of the the whole family guy gag of Peter and the chicken where the fight never ends. So it just you just go wait, hold on. Is this still happening? Yep, it's still happening. Um <laughs> <laughs> and, and ducks is part of the reason why he can't yeah, throw the bomb out. <laughs> there's, 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 oh, there are some cute little ducks. He could not throw the bomb there, so he he had to still keep running. And my favorite, the the apex of the scene is when Batman finally says, "Some days you just cannot get rid of a bomb." Oh, so good, <laughs> so good. 
I mean that that's that holds true. I mean, some days you just can't. <laughs> some days you just can't. Some days, some days the bomb's gonna explode in in your face. It's just gonna happen. It's just gonna. Happen. Maybe it was a life lesson. <laughs> See, it, uh, this movie is not that ridiculous. Oh, it's super ridiculous. <laughs> it it it's like it's what it it is, it is just so ridiculous. It's super super com- comic book. It really really is just way over the top sometimes. Uh, I I think I might have just stated both my favorite scene and my line. It was both in that in that in that oh, scene. Okay, okay. Um, my favorite scene is uh, the scene right after that. And okay. So when the penguin comes up, <laughs> and he's like, he's like, "Hey, I'm the you know I'm the Commodore or whatever that character's name." <laughs> And Batman and Robin, and Batman and Robin's like, "Holy, holy smokes! It's the Penguin." And he's like, "Just play along." <laughs> you think, he, like, do you think he's up to something? Like, I don't know. <laughs> let's knock him out and let's take him back to the Batcave. Like, what? <laughs> Why would you just turn him in? You have him. <laughs> oh no, they need to be. They need to be sure back to our super secret hideout. They yes, need to be sure. You there, but we're gonna have to knock you out first. <laughs> they need to by be me. sure. Oh, that's so great. They need to be sure that this penguin. So, like, you know, oh, I just I died laughing because I'm like, this is not going the way it should go. Penguin is so. And then they just let him go. Way. Like they let him do what in the fucking bat cave too. They just are like, well, let's just see how. Sure, go get a drink from the water fountain. There's just a random water fountain that's just in the bat cave. All this equipment and like we have we have hard water over here. <laughs> hard water. Soft water. Right, that that was the he's like, Oh, you know, that you know do you know why, Robin? They 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 instantaneously <laughs> dissipated in front of us. <laughs> it's because we have hard water, not soft. <laughs> I think Batman sixty six was all working for the water softener company. Uh, I'm gonna oh get him. I'm gonna get by the this water softening. Oh man! My favorite scene, kind of a cross between two, because I think they're both equally so fucking stupidly ridiculous. <laughs> I think the. Quite possibly in cinematic history of other stupid. It's so like it's so that is amazing because in like while Batman, the best part about it, like I thought it was funny. That's holding on to Batman, and then he's like. Get the shark repellent, and then there's just like a random labeled repellent. I fucking thought that shit was fun, but then Robin climbed to give him the fucking shark <laughs> repellent, and he could have easily just handed it to him. Doing that, he stays like and runs up, upside down to him. 
fucking dying at how ridiculous that shit was. But I'm like, there's I, I, no I, need honestly, for that. That, that. What what Dick Grayson did right there wasn't ridiculous. It actually was because Dick Grayson was an an acrobat. So it was no, I get like, that, but like, and I, but it was <laughs> unnecessary to showcase that. No, I, I, no, I, you're, you're right in the sense that it was super unnecessary to, to go to that <laughs> length. But I understood why they did that. You, like I was like, oh, you really think they were going for a character moment right there? I, I do. <laughs> I think there was a lot of character moments in here that I picked up on. Like, there's a line that when when Adam West is portraying Bruce Wayne. He says that he's going to kill all of them, and Batman would never say that he's going to kill them. Oh yeah, I remember but that. Bruce Wayne would, and he was trying to kind of protect his identity at that point in time. So I Crush think it. that. So I think that like that was like I caught that I was like Batman would say he'd kill somebody. I, I, I you might it's be giving this movie crazy. a little bit more credit. It no, I, I gotta get. I gotta give. I gotta give it some levity. I have to do that. I have to. I have to bring oh. some kind of levity to what the ridiculous, as much ridiculousness as was going on in this movie. I have to give it some kind of levity. I really do. Can we talk about the whole reanimation of people from dust and then their voices changing because they have Jesus? What was that scene with the international? favorite scene is the is when the dust gets all combined and then they have a dust particle cellar separate <laughs> and, and my i love i fucking love everything in this movie is labeled like there's there's so many subtle like i can't tell you how many times i've looked in the fucking scene in like the back cave and there's and I can't think of any of it is, but I go to the extent of labeling it. And it's like too. So it's like that. I fucking was like separator. And then finally tell that they fucked it up, right? Because Take if you actually look at what the dust files were supposed to look like, they lost some of the particles of those people. <laughs> they, were, they were all virtually the same. But then when they came back, like they were just different in various sizes and shits. And then, and then they separate. Like then they rehide. The whole it's so. Like, I found joy in this, scene, but I got more joy out of how much my kids were so funny. Like, like I see it for how so stupid it is, right? Like, obviously that's not a thing, but like, like, are they going to be able to do it? Are they going to be able to rehydrate the dust? <laughs> And that's why and I, that I, movie still works is because if you're yeah. a child, you enjoy it for what it is. If you're an adult, yeah. you enjoy it for what it <laughs> for what it is as well. It's just a different kind of what it is. Yeah, you enjoy I, it for what it's not. I love it. 
No, you really enjoy it for what it is. I mean, you can watch that movie. I'm sure, Vivin, if you watch that movie again, you're going to laugh at that bomb scene over and over and over. Oh, yes, absolutely. So, I mean, you can enjoy it for what it is as an adult because you can see it through your eyes and saying, okay, so much ridiculous. It's going to be fun. I'm going to have fun watching this movie. It's kind of like Ready to Rumble. Like it's There's a story going on with Ready to Rumble, and, and there's there's good acting. But we're also like, don't take this movie seriously because it's really not. It's supposed to be funny and over the top. One thing that I've learned over the course of this podcast is that I love physical comedy. I did not realize that. Like, that was not a conscious thought that I had. But just kind of doing this week to week and having opportunity to watch such a variety of movies, I'm starting to kind of understand some of my own uh, tendencies, I guess. Physical comedy is highly under underrated, but it is, as Devlin will inform you, probably the most pure and wonderful form of comedy. Absolutely, absolutely. I know, being a wrestler, like it's hard to articulate in a ring something that's funny, but if you're actually doing something that's like over the top and you know three stooges like people will laugh in in general at the physical aspect of the comedy and i love the three stooges i think the three stooges still holds up to this day i've said it many a times on this podcast that it to this day and they do the same gags and it's still funny no matter how many times you watch it yeah, well, physical comedy is kind of universal, and that's probably why 66 Batman is kind of going to hold up over time. It's Yes, it is from a certain kind of time and culture, but a lot of the humor comes from just the physical situation and gags they have created. Correct. Yeah, yeah. I, absolutely. Uh, I don't think it. I don't think that it uh, has an issue with aging like no. at all. No. I think it's... <laughs> It gets better, I think. Yeah, I don't like. I I can't look like. I, even when I was watching it with the kids, like I don't think I had to explain to them how old the movie really was in terms of like, you know, like relatives that weren't born before this movie came out. You know what I mean? Right, right. And so their little minds are blown. They're like, "Hold up, my grandma wasn't born." Like, you know what I mean? Like, hold the phone. Um. <clears throat> But, like, I, I, I feel like it does hold up to the point where, like, you could see this exact movie be made within the last 10 years. It would just be shot in slightly better camera. Like, that would be the biggest difference in, in what you would have to do to make this movie. Because it, it does hold up so well. And the things that are very, like, 60s or, like, you know, that type of era about it, they don't really come out as anything other than just showcasing the ridiculous comedy. Like, you don't get... You're, it's not bogged down by things that are... Uh, I mean, other than maybe the computers and stuff being so fucking massive, uh, you're not really bogged down by any of it. Like, the technology is about the only thing that stands out. Yeah, it almost becomes part of the the charm of it. It's you you don't want it to have modern technology. Just that humor almost needs that kind of. A st- 
work. Yep. Right, and I don't think I don't think it's lost or anybody. Oh. Excuse me. Sorry. I, I don't think it's lost on like like my kids watched it and I don't think that there was a scene in it where they like aside from Sarah's mustache and they kept asking why <laughs> Robin wasn't wearing pants. They kept asking why <laughs> Well, uh, we'll address that later, kids. Yeah, that was a. It was like, well, that's a, that's a separate talk. Yeah, that's a conversation for a different different day, boys. All right, gentlemen. Favorite quote? Uh, we already know Vivens. Uh, yes, mine is uh, when when Robin says, "Holy bikini, Batman." <laughs> Damn it, I'm trying to remember what my favorite quote is. I had it too. I remember I can't think of it right off the top of my head. I uh, I had a quote from this movie though. I remember when it when it popped up, I'm like, that's the best quote from this movie. And I can't remember what it is now. If I remember it, I'll I'll let you guys know. Okay. I guess we're moving on to favorite performance. Um I'll go first on this one. Mine is Burgess Meredith's portrayal of the Penguin. Uh, I love Burgess Meredith in this movie, in the in the the see the TV series. I loved him in Rocky. I even love him in Grumpy Old Men and Grumpier Old Men as the Grandpa. I think Burgess Meredith is super talent, or was excuse me was super talented, and had a very wide range of what he could do. Um, and in this kind of uh, performance is just. Being having to portray this particular type of character, I think he did it very well, um, and they really did a good job of making him appear as the comic book character, um, as far as even the clothes and the look and everything. And I thought he did a, a fantastic job. You just blew my mind. I did not realize that was the same actor as in Rocky. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay, that's amazing. Yeah. All right, that's that, that that's a real performer right there. That's awesome. Yeah, that's what I said. I think that you know this is this is really the playing the type of characters that I've seen him in in the movies that I had seen Burgess Meredith in, and I I just I, I he's so good in Grumpy Old Men and Grumpier Old Men. That was where I first was introduced to. I didn't realize he was the Penguin until like. I went back and like researched everything and I was like, Oh God, he really, he, he was a penguin. Um, and that was years ago. So, and then remembering he was in Rocky, I'm like, God, he, he does a really good performance in Rocky too. So, uh, I just, I, I got to give it off to him. I thought he had, he, Oh, and it's weird because we always think of like the Joker as like the main villain of Batman. But in this movie, it was really the penguin was like the focal point of the villains in this, in this movie. That was super interesting. I wanted to bring that up. Is uh, Catwoman, Riddler, and uh, the Penguin, Penguin especially, I think they were the three main villains. It's almost like the Joker was just tacked on. He did not seem to play a central part in the story at all, which is surprising because typically if you have Joker in a Batman story, he takes up the screen. Yeah, I think I think Caesar Romero is is very underrated as a Joker because I think that 
if we when we watch Burton's Batman, we'll see a lot of Jack Nicholson, um, the mannerisms of Cesar Romero and and stuff like that come out in that portrayal of the Joker. Whereas for with Ledger's Joker, we don't see that because it's a very dark version of it. Um, but I always love love Cesar Romero's portrayal of the Joker just because he is kind of like what the Joker is supposed to be. But also, at the same time, if you read the comics, the Joker is also very, very dark as well. It was like one of the first very dark villains of comic book um, history. But I, and I love how he kind of, it's because di- it's dialed down for kids. But I think that his portrayal is really good because he gets the, you know, he gets the laughter. He gets when to make the, the corny jokes and he's laughing at little things here and there. So he understands the dynamic of the character. But he's got to kind of dial right. it down as well. Right. That makes sense. That makes sense. And I can see how he does lay the foundation for what Jack Nicholson does decades later. Sorry, I didn't, didn't. No, you're it. fine. No, you're okay. I just wanted to kind of. Because, I mean, if you look at the other villains, the Joker and. For me, the Joker and Penguin are the two, to the two focal points. Riddler isn't really. <laughs> The, the the Riddler because those riddles were just like holy I'm like <laughs> a sparrow with a machine gun what how did you get that out of that riddle <laughs> yeah those they were amazing I love the fact that Batman solved none of them and they were just it was almost as if like it was like a weird secret code that the Riddler together. He was, yeah, exactly like a Robin had the cheat sheet, like because he was like he like he knew instantly. He was like, well, obviously it's this. Well, is it obviously? Like, oh, what? I don't know. That. Um, yeah, that was amazing. Jason, what was your favorite performance? I think that I think that it's easy to play. Adam West Batman. But it's hard to play in these movies and keep a straight face. And some of the things that Burt Ward did in this fucking movie had me dying far more than the ridiculous shit that happened with Adam West. Like, I don't know how well I could have gotten through the filming of some of the stuff that he had to do. Like, just some of the shit that he's... Like, like Holy Bikini Batman. Like, he had to say shit like that and wear, like, a onesie the whole fucking <laughs> <laughs> And to me, like, like I don't know. That's fuck, That's a lot. That's funny as hell that he, he was able to pull all that shit off. And, like, I can only imagine the take from me to wear a onesie and, like, ha- like, do some of the random jokes and shit that he had to do. And he pulled it off with, like, Nothing. So I don't know. I feel like the guy that stood out to me. <clears throat> so, Vivin, uh, I I I see what you're saying with Robin, and I clearly he does do a lot with the ridiculousness that he's given. Uh, at the same time, I I feel Adam West. Clearly, there's a reason he is uh, recognized as one of the great Batmans, even if it is 
sometimes not for the reasons that I want it to be, but I can see what he's bringing out in the performance that makes this version of Batman work, especially when I compare it to, again, Batman and Robin. I, I Now I'm really interested to see that movie again and see Clooney's performance because that movie and this one has a closer link than any of the uh, future movies. And Adam West does something where he is both... He doesn't come off as intelligent. He almost comes off as this goofy billionaire or millionaire probably in that day. Uh, but at the same time, like I, I'll provide an example where like in scenes where he's thinking, he does this thing where he's trying to mimic a bat. So he crosses his hands. And I'm like, that's just so cute and funny. <laughs> it comes off as just so strange of an acting choice uh, from a performance level, but it works because the kind of Batman he's playing, it that's what he needs to do. Um, it, um, it almost reminds me of some of the parodies that we watch of, of Batman later on, but he's doing that and still keeping a straight face. Did you know that there's that reason two sequels for this movie? There's what? There's two sequels. Or to the series. I did not know that. Huh. Did not know that. And it's Adam West and Batman. Get out of here. Yeah. No, they came out in 2016 and 2017. What? Yeah. I'm also shocked. Hell fucking okay. Burt Ward was just Batman or was Burt Ward was just Robin on a episode of like the Arrowverse series. Oh really? Apparently he's still doing shit. Alright, like give props to my, my guy. Continuing to be he was Robin in twenty nineteen. Absolutely. That's awesome. I can't believe that's such can you imagine that's a career careers. Like playing like one character to the point where you still are playing that character, even if it's in small more over yeah. sixty years. That's insane. That's amazing. Yeah, I, 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 I think it's a real, real privilege to. I know some some actors don't take it that way. They want to get away from their most iconic roles, but. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> In in a, in another sense, it's nice to somebody when some some when an actor kind of embraces their iconic role and goes, you know what? I will, absolutely, that's that was a privilege, and I'm going to anytime I can have a chance to do that again, I'll do it. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate that. Jason, did you think of your favorite quote yet? Okay, I'll just go with well, get the shark repellent. Because oh, okay, the bat shark repellent. Just the fact that bat shark is amazing. That he even like he thought of shark repellent and the shark repellent in the helicopter at all is funny as hell to me. And that the fact that it's labeled is amazing. <clears throat> I even love. I love the fact that the fucking like some of the things that are not actually spoken are like my favorite shit. Like. When he pulls away, like when he, he hits the little button on the, the bust and then the door, the bookcase slides open and reveals the like poles that they slide down, right? 
I love that they're fucking labeled. Like, <laughs> like just in case somebody didn't want to slide down the poles, let's let them know that they figured out where Batman and Robin. You know what I mean? Like on the off, don't want to slide down the poles to break into the Batcave, but they were able to discover it by some mishap. We should probably. Label it, what was it halfway down the slide on the pole? Instant outfit change or costume change? In, in, yeah, instant costume change. That's great. so funny. <laughs> it's so it's so stupid. I think we it's time we rate this it. movie. All right, well, I'll go first on this. Um, I'm going to give this movie a 6.5. Um, you know, it, it's it's not good in the sense of, you know, scripting. Um, it's not good in the sense of uh, as, an, as an overall feel of Batman to it. It's hokey and over the top. And this is from, a, you know, an adult watching it. It's But it's still funny in parts. It's still good nostalgia and it, you know it, it helps um show people the characters of of batman and put the people in place um the filming wasn't too bad in this movie as far as like some of the overhead shots of like the boat and uh stuff like that but they did a really bad job of like you, the stunt actors you could clearly tell that wasn't like the the real person but i mean this is early on hollywood with you know filming stunts and stuff like that so um, six point five is what it is for me. Okay, I'll okay. I'll go next. Uh, I will give it a seven. A, I was going to go a little bit lower, or I was actually debating should I go higher or lower, but I think I'll, I'll just leave it right at seven. It's it's a good movie. It is a it's not a good Batman movie, but um, watching this, what what I. Uh, Beth, uh, she realized that she had actually watched this movie a lot of times growing up. Her mom had this movie and used to play it constantly. So she's actually watched this movie way more than I ever had. Beth had like a, a, a flashback. <laughs> yeah, she's like, oh my gosh, I know this she's gonna movie. Go, she's going to have to go see a therapist now. She's like, oh, I had such a bad trauma, traumatic experience with my <laughs> husband the other day. <laughs> yeah, she, no, it's, uh, yeah, but she, she thoroughly enjoyed it. And I... S- you're right. Everything in this movie should not work in some sense, and it, 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 it. But because it's so intentionally bad, and in so overtly intentionally bad that it, it somehow salvages it. It 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 becomes this thing where you appreciate the, 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 the the badness of the movie. The just and you're like yeah okay fine it's it's that bad okay it's it's not even attempting to 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 go any higher than where it's at and like and for that reason i'm i'm putting if it, this was any other movie this would have gotten a much lower rating but because i had fun watching it i'm i'm going to give it a 7 you know i just want to point out viv you you rated this movie higher than you did ghostbusters i just want to throw that out there and just also throw this out, Viv, you're still a bitch. Okay. <laughs> I just got to say, man, I, I laughed more of this movie. <sighs> and that is why you fail. <laughs> I laughed so hard on that bomb scene, man. It was, it had me dying. It was just so good. Jason. Oh, you know what? 
I, I gotta give this a seven point five just for that bomb scene. Jesus. Now you're just rubbing rubbing my nose and shit at this point. Jason <laughs> Jason get, get Vivin to shut up before I drive over to his house and, and punch him in front of his wife. It's uh Jason deliberating on what score he needs Jason, to give. Jason, is your phone time out again? What's going on, buddy? All right, yeah, my phone timed out again. Okay, so here's the thing. So I started, <laughs> I started thinking. I, I I have been deliberating. Uh, I have been deliberating on it and thinking about what it is that this movie deserves as a rating. And I I like to do my ratings from ten backwards, so I think about like the perfect version of this movie. And then I take it back, right? <clears throat> so I'll go from there and I'm say like, okay, if it's perfect, it's 10. And then like how far away from, from 10 is it really? Okay? okay. And I usually like to base that off of how well a movie achieves its goal, right? Right. And when I think about this movie and I look at how it started and then I think about the comics that were Batman around the era. I don't know that it's a, it's not a bad Batman movie based off of what they had available to them at the time. If we take modern comics and modern Batman and then we mix that in there, then yeah, it dilutes the, the, what they had uh, and, and makes this a, a seemingly not that great of a Batman movie. But if I think about it in terms of when it was released and the things it was emulating <clears throat> and then I think about that very opening credits where it talks about what it's trying to do with this movie. It succeeds like a hundred percent at doing exactly what it wanted to do. And I don't know. I don't think that I can give it a 10, but I honestly feel like based on how I rate movies, I have to give it like a nine five because it definitely achieved everything that it was going for the whole way through. And it didn't lie about trying to be anything other than exactly what it was. It was completely ridiculous. It was made for fun and it definitely was based off of old school Batman and it achieved that all the way through. So what okay no that's um uh, you you actually did deliberate uh, on that and uh, that was a good explanation as to because if you had just dropped the bomb of a 9.5 i i was going to have some follow up questions that's well, for sure i mean uh, jason quickly remind the, the viewers at home what you gave mad max i gave mad max a 4 okay just checking i want to i want to make sure we always point that yeah. out because Vivian gave Ghostbusters like a really crappy rate. I can't even remember what he gave it, but it wasn't a seven point five. Throw it out there. Yeah, well, I, appropriately after Mad Max. All right, gentlemen. Yeah, I think I think the people demand a, a, a retrial. The, re, the, <laughs> the reboot. We need a reboot episode. Um, I, I want to make one revision of what I said in my uh, in my rating. I said that this is a bad Batman, and I think I'm wrong about that. Um, I think Batman, 
like we stated earlier, changes with the times and Batman adapts and he is whatever you need him to be or whatever the audience need him to be. So this is a Batman and we just have to accept that. And I have to accept that. Right. So I'm, just because I'm getting older does not mean I have to suddenly only subscribe to that one version of Batman. Obviously, there is this version of Batman and it's just as valid. Maybe not my Batman, but it is it is a valid Batman interpretation. Yeah, I mean, they, Easy, like Jason said, they, they, they did what they could with the with the Batman version they had available mm-hmm. to them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Absolutely. And if you look at like old school comics of Batman that were coming out like prior to this yeah they're not that far off on how batman really was like he's he was kind of fucking ridiculous but that's because all comics were geared towards kids at the time yeah it wasn't until later on the 70s that started started to change the image of batman i mean we had certain they had certain things that were geared more towards adults and i know batman's kind of on the cusp of that because Batman is the one superhero that fits into like the detective, like noir type shit that they actually made, you know, more darker comics out of back then. But if you think about what was dark then versus what's dark now, it's a completely like what was dark then is like a fucking Tuesday happy morning news story nowadays. So. You kind of have to look. You have to look at it in those kinds of terms, and put yourself into what what were they trying to do at that time, and how well did they achieve that goal? Uh, at least for me, anyway. And that's why I feel like they really did do a really good fucking job of doing exactly what they wanted to do. They made a ridiculous Batman movie that was funny, that grabs the attention of kids. It's captivating for parents. It's funny. It's, I mean, it's just, it's an, it's good enough to be still talked about. Like, what are we fucking 60, 60 years years later now? Huh? 54 years. 54 years. So almost, yeah. So like that's, that's a long fucking time for a, a movie to, 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 to still hold up. And and not have a decent rating, I think. And I feel like it definitely still holds up. Like my kids were still interested in this movie as if it was just a, a regular movie that I was putting on for them. Well, Other than the mustache and the onesie. <laughs> <laughs> All right, good. I, I think we did a good job reviewing this movie. All right, gentlemen, are we ready to move on to segment two? Yes, sir. All right. Folks, stay right here. We'll be right back with segment two of the Know Your Cinema podcast. Oh, all right. Speaking of Burt Ward sweaty pants, uh, it's segment two of Know Your Cinema podcast. And this is where we cut loose and we get to know get to know <laughs> each one of us each one of us a little deeper we've, than you need to. We've lost this. <laughs> We've lost Viv. No, it's proper. It's good. We are going to levels that nobody asked for. So This isn't the Batman we deserve. This, this is, is the, the yes, This is the one we need. <laughs> oh, this is going to go off the rails. 
so bad, <laughs> so fast. Um, who wants to pop the question? <laughs> what are we getting married? What? what, what, what? <laughs> uh, well, since since I never popped the question, anybody, I'll pop it. All right. So we're talking Batman. We're doing Batman movies for the next ten episodes. Let's talk about our favorite Batman villains and why. Viv, you give us yours. I'm pretty sure we know which one it is, but go ahead. Jesus, why are you putting me on the spot? Okay, fine. Because um, yours is easy. Yeah, no, mine is super easy. It's it's the most obvious one possible. Uh, it's it's the Joker, and it it comes down to the the relationship that he has with Batman. And they are opposite forces of nature. And I, I'm sure I'm going to talk endlessly about this in The Dark Knight because it captures that philosophical difference in the best way possible. One being an immovable object and it, it, that, that contrast there. And it's 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 just such fertile ground for endless exploration uh, and so yeah for that reason it, it always will be will be the joker it's it's the maniac versus the one who's trying to bring law and order it's the one that is trying to create chaos versus one that is trying to you know save the city I, I, that <clears throat> that center that that eternal struggle is where I think some of the best stories come out, uh, and uh, I, I think the rest of them, from Scarecrow to Bane to Poison Ivy, Ivy, all of them have, even Mister Freeze, they all have aspects of it's it's like it's like Batman's fractured psychology is kind of embodied in these different villains and you get to see that all played out but I don't think there is a better nemesis and a better flip side of the coin than the Joker Have you seen uh, I don't know if this is necessarily the appropriate time for this but have you seen the theory that Batman was driven, Bruce was driven into an asylum Arkham Asylum after the death of his parents like that he went kind of crazy and that all of the people that are the villains that he fights are actually the staff at the are at Arkham Asylum and like the Joker is the guy who uh, regularly delivers his medicine to him and his name is Joe Kerr <laughs> And, like, they've gone through, like, a whole list of different things like that. But it's kind of an interesting little uh, thought process that they went into to uh, craft this alternate version of it all. So those are all staff members? Or can they all, some of them, be also fellow inmates? Yeah. No, that would be also as well. They're all staff. They're all people that are in there with him in some way, shape, or form. I mean, yeah. I, I, I mean, if 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 a a comic series or a storyline came out with that as the premise, I would buy it because it completely checks out. In, in some sense, you do feel like all of this is a permutation of of a 
of a psyche that was damaged very young and he just couldn't get past the stage of mourning his parents. He was just stuck in that place. I think they tapped into that in the Arkham Asylum games, if I'm not mistaken. I think they tapped oh, really? into that theory. I thought, yeah, last time I played into it. yeah, I thought I think that they did. I think there was like a, a side mission with uh, against Scarecrow or something where they did almost the, the exact thing Jason was talking about. I'm not. I can't. Don't quote me on that because it's been a while since I played the games. But I thought there was something uh, relative like that because he, basically be. the premise behind the game is that Batman gets takes the Joker into Arkham and then Joker, you know. Makes a, a instead of making an escape attempt, he just basically takes over Arkham, and then Batman has to basically fight his way to get to the Joker. And so the whole time you're meeting the different villains of uh, Batman, and in in that in that video game, so you get to see you know like Killer Croc, and you get to see you know uh, the, the you know Hugo Strange. You get to see all a bunch of them. There's like three or four games, so you get to see, you get to see the wide range of the the, the Batman villains there. I heard it's a really good game. It's too, it I is. always wanted to play it. It is. It's really good. It's got a good story. I think it would actually make a good movie if someone wanted to do it. Um, but you know, it, it's just one of those things. Like they almost DC almost wasted a good video video game story on uh, on that instead of making it into a movie. But um, I I think uh, the people that created it also had a lot to do with the story and I think that's part of the reason why it was good because I don't I think they I think the studio gave um, the 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 film studio gave the gave the the video game studio a lot more creative control Mm -hmm. and being fans they kind of made a game that just was a fan game. <laughs> right. right. Well, um, I'll go. Because the studio sucks the life of everything right. out. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll go next. Um, so my favorite Batman villain is um, Two-Face. And um, I've always loved the the story of Harvey Dent being, you know, the very the, the good upstanding citizen and then having a terrible accident and then becoming you know part Harvey Dent part Two-Face and the split personality which we in and, and the two sides to himself and which we all have and it's also kind of a a a nod to Batman and Bruce Wayne where Bruce Wayne's one person and he's a completely different person when he's Batman so i've always enjoyed the dynamic with those interactions with 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 those characters i just i really fell in love with the the character for with the animated series i thought they did a really good job of highlighting the two-faced character in that animated series because they didn't just focus on one particular villain you got all the villains um in in that series you know from mr freeze to to clayface and you got a lot of the the ones that a lot of people didn't know about because most people again like vivin and they associate Batman with the Joker because that's the the big arch nemesis of him. So, um, but I also, as I was telling Vivin before we started recording, that I love the the Mister Freeze character as well because Mister Freeze, yes, he is a villain, but he's his one purpose is just to is to save his wife, and Batman continues to 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 be a jerk and and, and interrupt him and and not let him help his wife 
and and bring his his love back to him and uh i think that that's a really good story in itself along with um the two-faced character but it is pretty funny that he just keeps <laughs> kind of it's like it's like the most epic of cock right <clears throat> right like of all Man, time. this really makes me want to watch the animated series I know I've been like it's eight bucks a month to watch the animated series, and I'm like, I could probably watch the animated series at least once in, in a month. And I keep trying to make that rationalization with myself, and I think it's I'm I'm gonna crack. <laughs> Devlin, have you seen uh, Batman Sub Zero? I think it was like a standalone animated movie from the '90s. I have not. I've not watched. The only thing I've watched was the animated series. I've never seen any of the animated movies except for Year One, and I think that yeah, that's it. Year One is the only one that I watched, and that was just recommended by someone to watch it. So I ended up watching. I enjoyed it. Okay, I'll uh, I'll definitely check that out. I'll 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 I don't want to fully recommend Sub-Zero, but based on what you said about Mr. Freeze, I mm-hmm. remember watching that a long time ago. I just want to revisit it and make sure it's as good as I remember. Because I, I, if you it know is... what? I think I actually I might have seen a bit of it, but I don't know if I've seen the whole thing. Okay. So I think, yeah, I might have seen part of it. it it's it's like if I'm getting flashes of it in my mind. Because I, I, I really love how that in the animated series, how they portrayed and, and depicted Mr. Freeze. It was, he was very simplistic in how he looked. He didn't look over the top as we will see in the, the Arnold Schwarzenegger version of Mr. Freeze. Um, I just thought that he just, you know, he didn't look like a menacing villain. He had a very menacing voice. And I thought whoever voiced them, did, they, they picked the right person to portray Mr. Freeze uh, in the animated series. I've never understood why they call him Mr. Freeze because the man is literally a doctor. He needs to have a cool villain name, man. We couldn't like Dr. Freeze and like <laughs> Dr. <just> Freeze. <laughs> I mean, he is. He's literally Dr. Victor Freeze. Is who yeah, that's he is. true. I, I think it just rolls off better. But it's spelled, it's, it's Freeze spelled like fries. So it's F R I E S. Yeah. Mm. Okay. And he and he, he's one of the longest running Batman villains. He first appeared in 1959. Oh, I thought he was created for the the animated series in the 90s. Mm-mm. No, they really only create the biggest creation that came out of the animated series was Harley. Yeah. Yeah, he started, he, his actual first appearance, he was Mr. Zero, and then in 1968, he was Mr. Freeze. Oh, wow, okay. It's so interesting how the different iterations of Batman in different medias create new aspects of the mythology. So I I heard, I can't confirm this, but I heard somewhere that the the TV show version was the first one to introduce some of the major elements of Batman, like, I don't know if it's the car or the cave, some, some part of the Batman mythology became part of the mythology only from the TV show. And then obviously it gets ported over to the rest of the mythology. 
Oh yeah, I mean that definitely happens for sure. I don't know specifically what you're yeah, referring sorry, to, yeah, but I, shit yeah. like that happens. It's, it's fascinating how, like, because because Harley was just created for the animated series, but then everybody liked Harley, and now she's yeah, she's a major character. I mean, she overshadows. Yeah, she overshadows. I would say most Batman movies in in terms of popularity. She's actually. So I've been thinking about a lot about like who would be my favorite Batman villain. And there's so many absolutely remarkable villains. And some of my, some of my favorite things that happen in like, I love, I love Joe chill. I think that that is, I think that, that his, he's very simple, small character, but I think that he's obviously the, the whole reason why Batman exists, but he is also, I think the the fact that 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 his existence eats away at batman forever i think is kind of a cool thing i love black mask because he is probably one of the most sadistically fucked up human beings that exists in the batman universe right next to like zaz which is kind of fitting that in the harley movie zaz works for black mask which makes a lot of sense because like it's just it's a it's very oh, much okay, okay, cool. beginning of the movie. Uh, um, but uh, he's just his like right hand man. <clears throat> they like there's a there's a scene in a comic book for uh, it's actually a part of the Blackest Night series for comics where they have uh, Selena Kyle's sister. And her fiance are kidnapped by Black Mask, and they want info on where he, Black Mask wants to know where Selena Kyle is. And so, and for anybody who doesn't know, that's Catwoman. Um, so he's trying to he tortures them into finding out where she is by fucking cutting out the eyeballs of her fiance and then force feeding them to her to get that information that's so fucked up but like it's so brilliantly dark like it's so dark on such a like crazy i like level i also love raz agul talia agul is amazing there's just it's so fucking hard for me to pick like just one i would probably have to go like i love the joker Absolutely, but I would probably have to go either Red Hood or Harley Quinn. And I think it's mostly because Harley is so, she's so very free to be, like she's a, a villain in the same sense of Cat, like Catwoman is. Granted, Catwoman's a little bit more on the tamer side than than that of Harley, but I like the I love characters that play by their own rules, and <clears throat> I feel like Harley is one that even she doesn't even play by the Joker's rules a lot of the time. I mean, sometimes she's absolutely head over heels and obsessed and in love with him, and then other times she's like, "Fuck that dude! I don't like that dude! I don't like what he stands for," and then like on occasion she just does really good things and saves the lives of people. And I think that, I think that she's such a great dynamic character 
And so I really like her a lot. And then Jason Todd has just one of the darkest backstories of any character in the Batman universe, just because like they literally gave the fans an option to decide if he lived or died. And then the fans chose that he should die. And Jason Todd, uh, for you guys that don't know, uh, is he was Robin at one point. So after Dick Grayson grows up and becomes, you know, Nightwing, Jason Todd becomes uh, the Robin. Well, a lot of people didn't like Jason Todd. So they literally had a fan poll to decide if he lived or died. And then they decided he should be killed off. And then Joker beat him to death with a fucking crowbar. But <clears throat> then he actually comes. So that, that, there's a reference to that in. in uh, Batman v Superman? Uh, Batman v Superman. Yeah, that's what the, the thing is. So Jason Todd is the one that it would have yeah. been Robin right before that. Um, so there's that whole dark thing that happens. And then later on, Jason Todd, you know, kind of comes back as a villain who is the Red Hood. And I think that that's kind of a cool thing because the Red Hood in some some versions of the Red Hood is actually the first was the Joker first before he became the Joker. Specifically in the killing. So. Yeah. But the Killing Joke is probably one of the best fucking. In the Killing Joke, Bat or the Joker does one of the arguably darkest things that he ever does in the whole entire series. Not just what he does to Barbara Gordon, which is so fucked up, but he also makes Batman laugh, and a lot of people consider the fact that the Joker was able to make Batman laugh to be like a crowning achievement in in how fucked up Gotham's truly becomes because it's able to show that like it shows like that Batman has almost succumbed to how fucked up of a world the Joker has created. But I don't know, I really it's really hard for me to pick one of those, but I gotta go with one of those either Harley or or, or uh or Red Hood. Slash Jason Todd because he grows up to be, he he's a fucking cool character honestly. <laughs> and here you are having a, a chance, having a, a a daughter, and you had a chance to name her Harley Quinn, and you didn't do it. Dude, I fucking fought tooth and nail to name my daughter Harley Quinn. I tried so hard to name her Harley, and I just lost. I honestly fully lost because after I was going to name her Harley, I was going to name her uh, and she had just was decided that that was not happening. I had decided that I was going to name her doctor uh, Amelia. <laughs> yeah, uh, I was going to name her Amelia after uh, one of the doctor who campaigns and I lost out on that. Oh. Next one. So, yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, man. So you're saying Harley Quinn or Red Hood? You know who Joe Chill is? Do you know who Joe? Yeah, I really do like, and I also love Joe Chill too. Just on like, a, he's very obviously not a right. big character, but he's the guy that kills Batman's parents. If anybody doesn't know that, um, so he's he's very much not a big deal character in the sense of like he does a lot, but he's a big deal character in how much he affects the world he's the catalyst. in that you know what i mean the catalyst for everything we know exactly yeah, yeah, yeah for sure well this uh this this segment and this conversation is kind of really reminding me why why batman is just such a popular character just the canon of villains it has he has it, it just it gives you as a writer so many avenues and alleyways to go down so many different variations of stories that you can explore it's 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 perfect just simply perfect yeah and the the, the thing is is that with yeah. with the batman villains is that if you wanted to make a movie you could make a movie based off of any of those villains and it would work as long as you 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 did it correctly. If you gave mm-hmm. gave the backstory and you got to see everything, even like uh, Clayface, um, which is another great Batman villain. If you got the, he'd make a hell of a villain and main antagonist. Right. I mean, yeah that that whole backstory of how that accident happened and how he can you know he can shape shift into different people um, for short periods of time. Um, it, it's such a, you could, you, you could just p- take your pick. I mean, even, you know, Killer Croc, which is another, again, another great, but we could sit here and talk about every Batman villain that exists. We could go super dark in a, in a Batman movie and with Zaz or, um, you know, uh, uh Raj would be a yeah, good Raj one too. Raj would be a good one as well. I mean, I think he's granted he's been in movies, but, or at least, mentioned a lot but and even even the reimagining yeah, of bane super, they don't they don't give him stuff was super dark <laughs> when they did that um but it was more it was more towards the actual portrayal of bane because the last bane that we got was was terrible so bringing that back was a was a very uh ballsy move if, if it wasn't done correctly so i mean you know there's just so many i mean even Deadshot. We could talk about Deadshot. Which, um, by the way, I think the movie that didn't happen that Ben Affleck was going to make was going to feature Deadshot because he they they released some footage of some test footage of uh, of Deadshot. And I just recently found out that the movie that I movie, thought it was supposed to be is Death it Deathstroke or Deadshot? Deadshot was the character that Will Smith played. So that I'm thinking of Deathstroke because he also has a lot of metal armor, right? You talking about the guy that was uh, the Joe Maganello? Yes, yeah, sorry, yeah, yeah, that's the one I was I was thinking about. Yeah, that that's Deathstroke. He's essentially so. Deathstroke is essentially he's he's a Teen Titans villain first, um, and then a Batman villain second, but. He is basically, 
I can't remember who came first, but him and him and Deadpool came came out within six months of each other, and they're basically the same character, but flip flip flop versions. Like, whereas Deadpool is silly and like fourth wall breaking, Deathstroke is like very fucking stone cold serious. So they're like two sides of the same coin, but like they are essentially the same fucking character. Yeah, it's like I was telling. Like Deadpool Deadpool. That Scarecrow and Mad Hatter are kind of the same character as well. Yeah. Yeah. So for, I mean, they've done, to be fair, they've done a really good job portraying Scarecrow. I think they did a good job in the in the the Batman Begins of portraying Scarecrow, and then they do it, they do him pretty good justice in, in the Dark Knight Rises, but I feel like even then they underplayed the potential that he has because he's so he he's so fucking dark in like in the things that he's capable of of forcing people to see. They could take that so much yeah. crazier than what they actually. Yeah, they they have him in the animated series, and he's. He's he, they do a really good job in, in that. That's one of the villains that I remember wholeheartedly in in that series, and how they even how they even animated him, how he looked was really cool. Um, they didn't try to waver too far from the the the, the imagination of what he was supposed to be. So it's like, um, have you seen the Batman or not Batman Spider Man Far From Home? No, I've not watched that. Yeah, I haven't either. So. No. Oh, you haven't. Well, they do. They do what they do with Mysterio in Bat or in Spider-Man: Far From Home is the kind of shit that they could have been doing with Scarecrow and didn't do. But they did a great job with Mysterio in in Far From Home. Like he's fucking. Oh. I don't see how anybody could have any issues with okay. him in his portrayal. Wow. But uh, I think if you watch that movie. Uh, and then think about what he accomplishes, and then what Scarecrow does. I think that they they could have uh, made a cool cool movie in in that regard of similar I gotcha. things. Well, I mean, at this point, the days of uh, Batman are still wide open. There's obviously the new movie that's coming out. We have Justice League being redone. And I don't know if you guys heard, they're actually going to start an HBO series, which is going to be an offshoot of... So it's going to be a direct spin-off of the new movie that's coming out, but it's going to focus on just the Gotham Police Department. So it's just Gotham again? The HBO version. But and it's going to be directly linked with uh, obviously the the movie. I uh, I'm really rooting for him, man. I hope that he does a great job as Batman. I I hope that when that movie comes out, we can look at him in the same way that we look at like how great of a performance Ledger gave as the Joker. I'm not saying that that's how it's going to be. But I'm saying that. Well, a couple, couple of things are going for it. The director, uh, his, uh, I mean, he's already has some really good movies under his belt. 
but beyond that uh, as a screenwriter he his training actually when he went to school he actually got his training from one of uh the writers of a huge batman comic series i i don't remember his name but so he he got trained under somebody who wrote batman comics in his formative years as a screenwriter so that that itself is a big part of and the he, it looks like he's trying to bring a completely different aspect of batman to the big screen which is i don't think they've done this yet which is focusing on ex- exclusively the, the detective element of batman they uh they've written some there's a lot there's so there's books that are about batman that are just like novels that you can read that aren't comics but there's novels and they primarily focus a lot more on the detective yeah. side of things because you don't need a lot of action in those uh, i'm wondering if he maybe took some of that stuff and, and put it in there I mean, there is some of that in like, like, uh, what's it called? Is it Long Halloween or Last Halloween? Long Halloween, yeah. yeah. Something like well, that. Well, we do know that the the Penguin uh, is going to be in this movie. Uh, I forget who else. The Riddler and Penguin are definitely in the movie and this, and shows Catwoman. So, however, they all get fit into that. I, I hope they don't see. I hate. I hate when they do that shit. Honestly, I hate when they put too many fucking villains in one movie. I really don't like that. I feel like it clutters the the film because I, we're gonna get an underdeveloped version of one of those characters at least. Right. There's no way to uh, unless they are. He's thinking of it in a three arc movie then it makes sense so he's going to and part of uh, from what i'm hearing is with these set of batman movies he's not even worried or the studio is not worried about including this as part of the bigger dcu um uh, the justice league none of that he just like they're basically giving him carte blanche to kind of do these stories as his own stories and not worry about the rest of it so maybe he'll just get to create a series so, from that. Are we are we getting is this supposed to be linked in any way to to the DCEU? Like are we getting early Batman, which is fine. I mean if that's if if he's is he supposed to play play the same damn character but early? It is an early version of the character, or, but I don't know if this is going to be in any way linked to the bigger umbrella of the DC characters. I, I see that is where some speculation is happening that maybe they're going to retain Ben Affleck or try to get him back in so that he can still. Well, I, I think they had to bring him back on board in order to do yeah, the Snyder. I've heard that rumor too. Yeah. Because I guess that there was a lot of it that they had to change in order yeah, to I mean there apparently the budget is an extra 30 million dollars to basically finish out the way he wants to do it well with as much money as they're going to they could potentially make off of it if they do it right then cuz they haven't fucked up completely they just fuck up in small increments like if you look at Aquaman Aquaman was the fucking masterpiece of a movie 
And then if you look at Wonder Woman, that was an like if all female led action movies were as good as Wonder Woman, there would never be a fucking debate on whether or not we should focus more on female led action movies. Because like they absolutely crushed it. Absolutely. When they yeah, made the, that they definitely kind of created the they showed that you can have successful female superhero films. Right. And I mean, that's one thing that they've done better than Marvel is like, because if you compare the only other female led Marvel movie is Captain, is Captain Marvel. And that movie was. Yeah. Eh, at best. At best. I really was like, man, this movie is so okay. My favorite part is literally just the Stan Lee part. Like his his little cameo in the movie was my favorite part of that fucking movie. The rest of it's like, okay, like well, because they fucking in not to get too deep into it, but they ruined like one of the greatest characters in Marvel history with the scrolls. But whatever. Um, I uh, we're not talking about that. We're talking <laughs> about Batman, and I think. <laughs> At some point in time, we'll shift over there. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. I hope that it's good, man. I because I mean, we're there. If they retain Batman, or if they retain Affleck, and then we get Pattinson, and then they're also bringing uh, Kilmer back on, aren't they? Um, correct. Keaton. Keaton. Keaton, not Kilmer. Uh, so we're getting that's. That's three point. That's three different villain uh, versions. But is he playing? He's playing Batman in Flashpoint, right? That's all they've said. He's playing correct? what? An older Batman, right? But it... he shouldn't be playing. Yeah, he's playing. He's playing. So... An older, he's playing Batman. He's just playing Bruce Wayne. He's playing the older version of Bruce Wayne, Batman. Have they stated that he's playing Bruce Wayne or just that he's playing Batman? Because I've read all the Flashpoint comics. I have most of them. Is he playing Batman or is he playing Bruce Wayne? I I read Batman, but I'm sure that he's going to be portraying both. Yeah. Okay. Well, I hope not because if they do, if he portrays Bruce Wayne in any way, they fucked up Flashpoint. Okay. Well, I guess I'll have to read Flashpoint. It's pretty cool. But basically, the Flash runs so fast that he accidentally uh, fucks up the timeline and everything in the entire DC universe like turns on its head in some way, shape or form. And uh, it's, it's very interesting. Like at some point, like Aquaman and Wonder Woman uh, kill off Queen Mira and like Wonder Woman kills off Queen Mira and Aquaman and all the Atlanteans and Wonder Woman and all of her uh, Amazons team up to just take over Earth. It's really fucking weird. But uh, the Batman storyline version of that is the coolest part of it. So I hope they don't fuck that up. All right. Well, that sounds amazing. So uh, here's to hoping. (laughs) Well, folks... uh... Yeah, I think we should let the fine folks that are listening to the podcast know what we are watching next. 
Jason, would you like to do the honors, sir? We are watching the 1989 classic Batman starring Batman in a suit where the cape and cowl was one piece mm. and he was unable to turn his head the entire film. That's correct. Uh, so that's what we're watching. Super excited Me about too. it. Ready to show my kids uh, this movie and uh, just have them dig deep into some Batman lore. And I think I'm going to probably also get some animated series. Have, have they seen this Batman it. before? Need it. No. I th- what have they seen? I think that they've only ever seen like... They've seen a lot of the animated films that DC's put out. And then they've seen... Uh, I don't think they've seen... I think the first live action Batman that they may have seen was probably... That's 66 oh Batman because I didn't let I'm him watch so, any of the okay. rest. Of I'm so excited for that experience of switching from 66 Batman to 89 Batman and to I want to hear their reaction. Well, the Joker's not going to have a mustache anymore, so I that, think that they'll be right on. <laughs> but but Jack Nicholson in that movie can be can be terrifying as well. Like it's a it's a super dark version of of the Joker. It's really in line with what the Joker should be. So, I mean, it's whew. it's uh. I know as a kid, I was like, uh, you know, always rooting for the the heroes in the movie. But now, as an, an adult, I'm always like, man, Nicholson was so good as the Joker, just so good. Like, and no, I don't think anybody thought that like it was gonna be beaten. Like that portrayal, and then no. Roger came along and and no. just you know put a whole new spin on that character. And like I said, it, it's a it is it is really really good uh, as far as his portrayal goes. I can't, and I don't want to talk too much about it, but it was and to this day, like I watch it, I'm like, God, this is so good. I'm excited to talk about it. All right, all right, Jason. Take us out. All right. Well, I hope that through all of our random ramblings about Batman across everything, not just 66 Batman, but Batman and overall, that you've really enjoyed it and that you want to continue on this road with us. We are going to be talking about Batman for the next nine consecutive episodes until we reach our final episode. episode of, of, excuse me, of our first year of doing this podcast. So we are super excited to do this. We hope that you had as much fun listening to it as we did making it. Um, I know, I know I can comfortably speak for uh, everybody on the show that we really love that people care and that that they want to spend some time listening to us talk about movies it's uh, it's one thing to love movies. It's another thing to talk about movies. But 
it's a completely different thing to love and talk about movies and then have other people give a shit about what you're saying. So I think that that's kind of a, <clears throat> a special thing. And um, I'm truly grateful. And I know all of us are that you guys keep continuing to tune in here every week and listen to us talk about uh, movies. And, and, uh, and honestly, we've talked about Batman for, for a whole year now. So uh, in, in random excerpts at least. So uh, I'm super excited about this and thank you guys so much. Um, like I said, next week we're talking Batman 89. Um, if you guys want to follow along at home, you guys are going to know in advance the schedule of what we're watching. So we're watching Batman in chronological order. So it should be fairly easy for everybody to follow along in, uh, in terms of, uh, what movie we're seeing. So, um, <clears throat> without any further ado, uh, please check us out on our social medias, follow us there, facebook.com slash KOC podcast on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter at KYC podcast. And uh, here on the, on the KYC podcast, we always like to show our love and affection in a somewhat weird way, but uh, we mean it with the most amount of love. So please take it that way uh, here on KYC podcast on the know your cinema show. We like to say, go fuck yourself. So to all of you out there, we love you and go. Fuck yeah. Yourself. Go fuck yourself. Viv. Holy Bikini Batman. We have finally finished our first episode of Batman Review. That's not what I was looking for, but okay. <sighs> Be a team player every once in a while. We'll, we'll, take, we'll take it, I guess. I guess. We'll take we'll take right. I'll, I'll, I'll uh, see you guys no. next week. All right. Bye, All guys. Right. We look forward to it. Bye. Bye.